This is episode 155, Overcoming Shame Around Your Sexuality with Frankie. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Got another great episode for you today. I just got back from a trip to Austin to see and visit my family, and I really, really enjoy going back and spending time with my family. There's a quote, I think it's from Ron Doss, that says, when you think you're enlightened, go home for Thanksgiving. (laughs) And it's an interesting and often true quote because I think a lot of times our families can be some of our greatest spiritual teachers. You've heard many callers call into the show and talk about an issue that they're having in their present life, which ties back to something from their past. But we can actually overcome any past issues with our families, family members, so that our time with them is truly enjoyable. You don't have to be enlightened. You just have to do the inner work to heal any of those issues, to reframe your beliefs and get to a place of forgiveness. If that's the kind of work you're interested in doing so that all your time with your family members and all other people in your life can be enjoyable, please join me at my spring retreat. This is my signature retreat. It's the deepest work I do live with people. Sorry, gentlemen, this one is for ladies only, but I am going to be announcing some work for men and women soon. But ladies, please register soon because this always fills up and our early bird discount ends October 1st. That's coming up quickly. Go to christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat. Again, christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat or email jill at christinehassler.com and she can answer any questions that you have, send you an application, talk to you about pricing and all other details. I'd love for you to join me for this event. It's like I said, the deepest work I do with people and it's based on the work that has shifted my life the most. Before we dive into this episode, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. The first is FreshBooks. Track your hours, format the estimate, work out taxes, capture your expenses, chase that late payment, prepare the invoice, submit the proposal. Welcome to the worst part of being a freelancer, otherwise known as paperwork. The good news is that our friends at FreshBooks have created ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers that turns tackling these time-sucking and never-ending tasks into no big thing. Send a polished invoice in 30 seconds, set yourself up to get paid online in two clicks, and manage your expenses by taking pictures of your receipts from your phone. Oh, and if you need to whip up a quick proposal to land the gig, FreshBooks has you covered. Now you can include an outline of your project, scope of work, and timeline as part of your estimate. No more switching software, no more fussing over style and formatting, and most importantly, no more wasting your precious time. To find out all the ways FreshBooks will transform how to deal with your paperwork, go to freshbooks.com slash Christine and enter over it and on with it in the how did you hear about us section. Again, freshbooks.com slash Christine and enter over it and on with it in the how did you hear about us section. So when I need healthy fuel fast, I know exactly where to turn. Daily Harvest. 
Daily Harvest delivers perfectly proportioned cups of frozen organic fruits and vegetables directly to your door. All you have to do is add water or your favorite milk, mine is almond, to your cup and then just blend it or heat. Daily Harvest's new savory harvest bowls are an amazing healthy dinner that's faster than takeout. And I love their new plant-based ready-to-blend protein smoothies. Each of their dessert-inspired flavors pack in at least 10 grams of protein with no chalky powders. And Daily Harvest cups are portable, so you can fuel up on the go. Go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code over it to get three cups free in your first box. That's promo code over it for three free Daily Harvest cups at daily-harvest.com. Again, daily-harvest.com. In this episode, I'm joined by Frankie, and I absolutely loved this coaching session because we talked about something that I think is such an important topic and something that's not talked about enough of in our society. We dove into sexuality and freedom of sexual expression and really owning who we want to love. Frankie showed up with so much courage, so much openness, and really the core issue here that we dove into was shame. And shame is one of the most painful things we experience as humans because it reinforces the illusion of separation and makes us feel like we don't belong. And it also makes us feel like we can't be who we truly are. It reinforces any doubts around self-worth because we think there's inherently something wrong with us that we need to hide or we need to keep secret. And nothing could be further from the truth. So if shame is something that you deal with, in any aspect of your life, I highly encourage you to really, really be present and take in this episode. So as you're watching, consider, do you have a time in your life where you felt really bullied or really ostracized, where you felt pushed out, like you felt like you didn't belong, and you still hold it inside as something that was terrible and difficult and keeps you separate? Are you willing to reframe it and actually look at it as something that helped you along your journey? Were you born into a family or a community or a religious set of beliefs where you were conditioned a lot, where you had a lot of belief systems that you grew up in that you're bumping up against? Do you feel like you're the black sheep of the family sometime and you're scared to fully be who you are for fear of judgment, which is even brings me to an even broader question. Are you really scared to fully self-express to be who you are because you don't want to be judged? Have you been judged and you're still carrying around that feeling of rejection? Do you tend to personalize what people say about you? So you just try to be a chameleon and be whoever you think you need to be to fit in. Are you really scared to be who you are when it comes to your sexual expression? Is sexuality an area that you struggle with? Are you ashamed to really love who you want to love? Keep these questions in mind as you watch or listen to my coaching session with Frankie. Frankie, welcome to the show. How can I help? Um, well, I have a question for you. Yep. So the thing that's been on my mind most recently, but I guess overall, is how to truly be free from shame. Because I feel like I kind of operate out of like a place, like survival mode almost. Yeah. And like it's a little voice in back in my head, like what if they knew this or what if like okay. kind of. What if what? Um, specifically like me being attracted to men, being by me, like wanting a relationship with a guy because, um, it's more of a challenge with me because of home and also right. because I'm like super involved in my church, yeah. Christian church. Yeah. So there's the, that whole dynamic right there. 
Uh, well, first of all, just you being here and sitting here and having this conversation with me is a huge way that you're freeing yourself from shame. So I actually think you're maybe farther along in this than you give yourself credit for, Frankie. Do you see that? Yeah, I can see that. I think, like, this was a big thing for me to, to show up today. Yeah. Or just even listen to the show, like, about a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, when I first started listening to the show, it was like, um, I think one of the episode was, like, <sighs> letting go of an ex- uh, because I was involved with someone that was pretty, right. it wasn't manipulating right. and it wasn't the most healthy relationship for me. And also uh, the one on forgiveness, yes. forgiving the unforgivable, like yes. kind of played that over and over yes. and has like started like setting me free in a sense and like me, like waking me up. Mm-hmm. Waking you up from what? Uh, I feel like I was a little dormant for a good chunk of like kind of just not knowing how to listen to myself or like Mm -hmm. to, to bring attention to what was going on inside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So your initial question, how do I free myself from shame? That's going to be a gradual process that's going to happen over time. And I have a suggestion for you that I'm not going to give you now because I want to do a little work with you before I give it to you that I think will help a lot. Okay. And I think will really serve you in terms of uh, this becoming a little easier and moving a little quicker for you. But first, I just, I'd love to support you in freeing yourself from some of the pain. Because what perpetuates shame is pain Mm. around it. And what also perpetuates shame is a feeling of, well, judgment. But really what's underneath that is a feeling of being separate, Mm. not belonging. Yeah. Because that's what we all want. Yeah. We all want to be loved. We all want to belong. We don't want to be judged. But the thing is, we, we are judged. That's part of the human experience. We're judged. <laughs> we judge people. As yeah. we grow and evolve, we do that less and less and less. But it's kind of part of the deal. But at the same time, it's so painful, especially by people that matter to us. Yeah, like the the, the ones I host hold most dear to my heart. Exactly. So that's where like the it's difficult. Right. Okay. So talk to me about where this is hard for you. Um. I guess I feel like I like it's hard for me because sometimes I feel like I separate myself like in my mind already before mm-hmm. like whether it's being like in a group of like friend not friends but like friends from church yeah. or in that setting or at home I kind of not stay quiet but I don't share like parts of myself I feel like I'm hiding parts of myself. Okay. Let me ask you this. How often have you actually been outwardly judge, criticize, ousted, made fun of, any of those things? Well, since probably like middle school. Okay. Um, without ever like acknowledging my attraction or just acknowledging anything in that nature, like every single day going to school and sometimes taking it home because of social media, mm-hmm. um, would be called names like throughout the entire day, multiple mm-hmm. times a day, mm-hmm. like as soon as I walked on campus and mm-hmm. as soon as I left. and What kind of names? Like fag, queer, gay guy, okay. let's move on and on and on. And at that time, were you out? No. Okay. Like it was something I knew about since I was young. But I was like, how the heck do these people know? Like, I don't even want to, like, this is something I haven't yet, like, had a conversation with myself. Okay. As far as, like, what were pick, people picking up on? Right. I guess what it, like, it was like, how do you know? Right. Yeah. Do you think now, okay, take your good, bad, right, or wrong lens off of it. Okay. Do you think being called those names actually helped you 
discover who you were even faster. How do you think it served you? Well, I think what it did was like when it, those wrought like upon hurt or pain, it yeah. really had me like hold that space for myself of love and like comfort and really like lean on God and being, yeah. uh, that really helped me through that all. Yeah. Um, and like, I think a big thing in the pro, like through all of that, one of the things that I did was just blast my music and go on my run, kind of like mm-hmm. what I did like a week ago in Sydney, went on a trip and, mm-hmm. and did that and had my... But here's what I'm curious about. Okay. And I'm not, I don't want to, um, I'm not in any way bypassing the pain. I, I, I have tremendous compassion for you being at school and being called those names and everything like that. But I also hear there was a part of you that was trying to repress your sexuality. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Yeah. Because of your religious conditioning and all of those kinds of things. And you said something. You're like, how did they know? Did they pick up on it? Probably. And so even though those were derogatory names, mm-hmm. there was some truth in what they were saying. Yeah. Right? They were kind of calling out what you were repressing. Exactly. Can you see that? No, absolutely. Right? But it because it hurt and because it was something you were trying to repress, it was something that you, the way it occurred inside of you is you were separate. Mm -hmm. But looking back on it, kind of looking back on it with a different lens because miracle is a change in perception. Mm -hmm. In some way, do you think that was a setup for you to start to acknowledge parts of yourself that you were denying? Yeah. Can you see that? I can. Okay. And when you see it that way, does it feel different inside of you? Yeah, I, I, like it. I almost like have a. I'm grateful for it in a right. sense because it like led me to me. Right, right. Yeah, you probably because you grew up in a religious household, right? Not necessarily. No. Yes, to a certain extent. I'm. If we want to say religious, I'm more religious than my parents are. Okay. Well, did uh, you grow up in a conservative household? To a certain extent, because my my dad's uh, a vet. Okay. And kind of, I just remember at a young age, I think we're in Venice and there's like a parade going on, maybe a pride or whatever it was. Yeah. And I remember the comment, uh, we're like at a shop on the corner. And I remember him saying like, like how disgusting that is and how okay. wrong that is. And so there was judgment. Yes. You absolutely. didn't grow up in a house where it was just free to have your sexuality, whatever. It was. Oh, absolutely Sleep with not. men, sleep with women. No, no, doesn't no, 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 matter. No. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Right. Okay. So you grew up with a lot of conditioning where everything that you were feeling was wrong. Wrong. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of been like, not the mantra, like, like a mantra to myself. I'm just yeah. like, you're wrong. And I, even when people ask me questions, I'm a little like defensive or like, why are you asking me that? Like, exactly. I'm just like. Exactly. Cause your, your, your essence, like who you are, right. Your, the way your sexuality expresses in the world, uh-huh. which feels natural to you. Exactly. Is unnatural in the conditioning that you were raised in. That's why they're shame. Do you have shame around wearing brown shoes? If we grew up in a world where brown shoes were like just disgusting, shameful, the worst thing in the world, how would you feel about wearing them? I would feel bad. I would feel, yeah. Exactly. So the only reason you have shame around your sexuality is because we still live in a world where there's a lot of judgment on what's appropriate Mm. because we lived in a very repressed culture when it comes to our sexuality. Yeah. You can see that, right? Yeah. So the shame is just a natural response to the judgment that we live in. When we live in a world of judgment, it's hard not to judge ourselves. <laughs> if there was no judgment on it, 
you'd have no, it wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Just like brown shoes are not because there's not a thing on it. So can you see that? Yeah. So can you see that the shame is only because of the conditioning? Not because you're doing, there's, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Because part of what's tricky about growing up in the environment that you did and some of the conditioning and just sort of what's out there in the world is because there's so much shame on certain expressions of sexuality. Uh-huh. You may even on some level question, well, am I a little like, am I okay? Like, am I normal? Like, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. can I be like that? Is that true for you? Do you ever have those like, no, absolutely. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So why do you think you have those thoughts? Those thoughts, like, um, because of the questions I've been asked or like the statements that I've been around right. in regards to that. And that like, I picked that up and that's exactly. been like my talk to myself. Exactly. So if you're even questioning your, just who you are and the natural way that you want to express in the world and who you want to love, mm-hmm. can you see that also perpetuates the shame? Mm-hmm. So I, I understand that there's a lot in the world that make being bi, being anything different from the heterosexual normative way that we project in our world. Like I understand that there's a lot of ignorance and there's a lot of statements that are made and there's, there's everything that you have to fight against in that current world, but don't make it worse with your own internal judgment. Mm -hmm. That's the part you can shift. I'm going to get to how you shift the external stuff in a second, Mm -hmm. but first it's so important for you to create such a place of acceptance inside yourself and not wait for anybody else to do it for you, not wait for the world to accept it. Yeah. Because I think even in that, like, I sought out so much validation from people. Exactly, yeah. And I really had to, like, when that was brought to my awareness, really just seek validation within. Yeah. Well, we all want love and acceptance and validation. And anytime we feel like we're a little different, we want it more. It's like, Ooh, I'm this. Am I still loved? <laughs> Ooh, you saw this side of me. Do you still love me? You know, when, when, when it feels, well, the more judgment we feel, the more we're seeking validation mm. because it perpetuates a misunderstanding that there's something wrong with us. So we almost need more validation. Mm. So the, the work for you really kind of the, the soul work, personal growth work part of this is getting to such radical self-acceptance and such radical self-expression and allowing yourself, like if people want to judge, if people want to say what they want to say, letting that be okay Mm -hmm. and not taking that in. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like even more so now, um, which I'm really grateful for is not taking so much, uh, personal. Like it's not even like, Oh, I probably shouldn't take that personal. It's like, Oh, it actually, I'm not taking that personal. Right. Which is uh, like. And why are you able to not take it personally? I think it was when I started working on me and started like holding that space for me. Exactly. And I was like, oh, it's it's okay. And also um, one thing that I remember you saying on um, one of the coaching sessions was people can only love you to the degree that they love themselves. Yep. And I've really taken that, taking that to heart and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to take, I, I don't necessarily have to take that personal because I know what's going on in here. Right. So I don't necessarily, I can kind of identify what's going on in you or I maybe not know what that is, but yes. what you're giving me or what's coming off. Right. 
Well, and we live in a we live in a world where a lot of people are very very scared, mm. and so part of the ways that people make themselves feel safe is through their own rules and guidelines about what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. So someone judging you because you want to be with a man, if that's that goes against the rules that they know and what they've been told, huh. then that brings up fear inside of them. And it also pushes upon, here's the other thing. Most people don't live free. Most people don't live self-expressed, especially when it comes to their sexuality. Mm. So unconsciously, you being free or expressed in your sexuality in any way is triggering their pain around their own sexuality. Uh. So let me ask you this. Do you think it's easier for them to judge you and call you a name or acknowledge their own pain? Do that to me. Because I'm mirroring to them what they're not doing. Bingo. God, I'm like aware of that for so many other things. I'm like never applied that to like this specific thing. Right. So, yeah. Right. Wow. So it's their own... It's not, you know, people will say it's their own ignorance. It's not just that. It's their own pain around where they feel repressed and maybe their sexuality, maybe other areas of their life. So they see you being you, being expressed, being different, going against the norm, whatever it may be. And that makes them consciously, but mostly unconsciously feel where they're not doing that. And that discomfort, it's way easy to lash out on you and to acknowledge their own trigger. That's so good. How's that? See, you just, you're, you've shifted. Like, can you feel how you shifted? Yeah. Yeah. So how are you feeling in your body right now? Really good. Really like, comfortable and grounded. It's, I feel like you just dropped in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was like, <sighs> you're like, wow. You know what? Cause like part of your brain was like, oh wow, it's okay to be me. Mm-hmm. Did you deal with anxiety at all? I did, um, uh, for not so much anymore, but Great. before, yeah. Great. Great. Well, the more you really make it safe to be you, the more you'll feel this feeling of just like, ah, like dropping like safety in your own body. Yeah. Cause it was really allowing me to be present. Right. Right. And, um, yeah, that's so good. So I have another thing that I want you to, to consider. Is it important for you to make an impact in the world? Absolutely. Okay. So do you think that healing wounds we have around sexuality, sexual expression, is impactful. Absolutely. Do you see that you're doing that? Yeah. How do you see that you're doing that? Showing up. Right. <laughs> right. Showing up, not taking things personally, mm-hmm. and not repressing. Mm-hmm. Think of how many gay, bi, what, I mean, there's so many things you can call yeah, yeah. it, that people are in the world who feel so trapped because they can't express their sexuality the way they want to express it. They can't love who they want to love. Mm. Think of how many people suffer over that. Yeah. And think of how many people suffer because they're called names. Mm. They're victims of hate crimes. Mm-hmm. All those things. There's a lot of suffering and pain around this still. Mm. And by you shifting it inside of you, you're starting to break the paradigms. Mm. You're starting to shift things. Because you're not out there trying to like convince people's mind. You're not out there making people that are religious wrong. You're not, you're not fighting hate and judgment with more hate and judgment. Yeah. So you fight hate and judgment with hate and judgment, not just against the people that are hating and judging you, but by perpetuating hate and judgment inside of you. Mm. The more you feel shame or self-hate or self-loathing, the more you're attempting to fight this whole thing with hate and judgment. Mm. You, you just internalize what's coming at you. Mm. 
So the more that you can fight this fight with love inside yourself, love and acceptance and freedom and not taking things personally and compassion for any judgment that comes at you, the more you start to shift this for the collective. Do you see that? Yeah. Can you feel that? Yeah. And can you feel how powerful that is? Absolutely. It's so beautiful. Um, it's really good to hear that from you because uh, I do hear that with inside too. Mm-hmm. I do know that. Um, so it's like amazing to, to hear it from you because um, it's not necessarily something I even share mm-hmm. um, with anyone really. Which so, part don't you share? Like in with the whole love aspect about going about this mm-hmm. and like that my impact in regards to specifically this. Yes. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. That kind of self-love and self-acceptance, that's how the shame goes. Mm-hmm. And back to your initial question, how do I be free from, from shame? You find something that's more important to be committed to. <laughs> So what can be more important to be committed to than feeling shame? Loving me. Yeah. And shifting this, it's shifting this paradigm. Yeah. I mean, this is something that we've got to change. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you made a soul agreement to be part of that mission. <laughs> so that people can express how they want to express and love who they want to love. That's so good. That's so good. Because it's like, I felt like at an early age, like at five, like that message was given to me. I felt like it was from God, like at such a young age. And like, I've always kept that in. And that's always kind of been like that thing that's kind of saved me in life and kept me going forward, even regardless mm-hmm. of what was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's beautiful just to, to hear from another person, yeah. that internal thing that was said what to me. What did you hear when you were five? When I was five, I just there's nothing wrong with me that I was made this way in regards to my parents. I think of just how much, uh, resistance and, and kind of judgment and hate there is towards this. And I was like, Oh God, like made me this way to show them just like radical love right. and just the beauty of it all. Yeah. Well, and your parents too, I really get the sense that they love you a lot mm-hmm. and they're projecting their own fear onto you. They're projecting their, their misunderstandings as life's going to be harder for you if you're gay or you're bi or yeah. whatever. And so some of their judgments, advice, all those kinds of things are coming from a place of fear, but ultimately from a place of love. Mm. And people can only, you know, the, the world, the, the depth of under, like, just like I said in one show, it really resonated with you. People can only love themselves to the degree they People can only love others to the degree they love themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, people can only understand others to the degree they understand themselves. <laughs> so what just hit for you on that? No, that's just so good. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's like, that just makes so much sense. It's like little light bulb, like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your, your parents may not have as much, you know, they might not be as committed in this lifetime to the soul growth that you are. Yeah. I, 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 I'm very aware of that as well. Um, there's a lot that my really dramatic childhood that my mom grew up, mm-hmm. um, being a child of two addicts and kind of not being around her mother yeah. and then her mother brought back into her life. And then, um, just still without like having that mom yeah. for her. And then my dad 
being a vet and having PTSD and also yeah. growing up in a really rough part of Chicago, like right. uh, the South Side. I love your compassion. It's beautiful. And I know that if you have that compassion for others, you can have that for yourself. Hmm. And maybe part of what, you know, you're here to really demonstrate to your parents is the power of love. Hmm. And that power of self-acceptance. And know that they, you know, given their background and everything that they've been through, they may be a bit more protective, hmm. which often could come across as judgment. But the biggest gift that you can give them and the best way you can be a teacher without taking them on as your clients or your, <laughs> your children, you don't want to parent them, is to really, really love yourself and love your life. Mm. Because that's ultimate safety. Mm. And it might take them a while because you're choosing a life that they don't really understand. That they can't really relate to because they haven't ever been that free inside themselves. Mm but you get to be. Wow. I just thought of like that soul agreement exactly. and how much like I got to come in this life and kind of just be that like spiritual warrior for yeah. my family, yeah. but for myself and so many others, like that's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And the great thing about being a spiritual warrior is that you don't have to live a life of sacrifice. Mm. Can you elaborate on that? What do you think I mean? sacrifice because when I think of sacrifice I always think it not a burden but that it's something that's like there's so much work involved and it can almost be tiresome but in um, outside of that sacrifice and just like truly like showing that love and, and diving in and really showing up mm-hmm. isn't tiresome it's like one of the most beautiful things and the most mm-hmm. like fulfilling right yeah, a lot of times in being a, a warrior and fighting for something, you have to give up a lot. You might have to give up people you love. You might have to give up a belief system. You might have to give up your life. Like there's a lot of sacrifice that's that's depleting. There's a lot of unwanted sacrifice. But in being a, a spiritual warrior, it, you don't have to sacrifice yourself hmm. or what matters to you most. You give up a lot of beliefs that aren't serving you. Yeah. You might have to go through some rough spots where people judge you or people don't understand. Some people may not come with you on the journey. You might leave some people behind, but you don't have to sacrifice what matters most to you. So good. You really get to serve love and what's true for you. <laughs> that's so good. Cause that's something that like has been said over me. Mm-hmm. by many people mm-hmm. um, like even prayed over me and just like or people just acknowledge that mm-hmm. and they're like you know when I see you like I just see like you know like kind of like the average heart but I just see your heart so much like yeah. expanded and yeah. like the depth of the depth so of uh, so you're you're a Christian I am so is Jesus your homeboy yes he is my okay. homeboy so what do you think Jesus thinks of homosexual or bisexual people he never said anything about it, and he's just this radical person of love and compassion, and I don't think he sees it as negative. So what would Jesus say to you about the shame? I think he would take that shame um, 
away and just show up in love and like you're accepted. Um, you're lovable. You are love and there's nothing wrong with you. So do you think Jesus would want you to carry the shame around? Or do you think he'd say to you, I want you to see you the way I see you? I want, to, I want you to see you the way I see you. I was communi- like, I feel like he communicated that to me. Um, he did communicate that to me when I was younger, like mm-hmm. teenage years. And it's a part of my life where I like just wanted to end it because I was just so like mm-hmm. hurt. And in the midst of all of that, that was mm-hmm. communicated to me. See yourself the way I see you. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, you help others change the way they see. Mm-hmm. But for people to change the way they see, sometimes they have to first judge, right? For us to be able to change this judgment, for us to be able to change the shame and everything that we have, and for us to bring all the repressed sexuality up, we, we need people like you activating where people are uncomfortable. Otherwise, it doesn't change. That's true. So what were your ahas from today? <sighs> Big ahas was definitely the understanding bit, um, specifically with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like uh, people can only understand you to like the degree that they understand themselves. Yeah. Um, being that person, like that spiritual warrior of love. Yeah. Um, and that, the confirmation of that. Yep. And also just radically loving myself mm-hmm. and radical acceptance and mm-hmm. what that understanding, what that truly means and living that mm-hmm. out, discovering that. Mm-hmm. And your, your part in shifting this for the collective. Yeah. It's powerful. So before we started, or just kind of today, yesterday, if you could give like the shame a rating one to 10, how strong it felt in your life, kind of on an average, what would you, what no, 10 being the highest, what number would you give? I mean, it fluctuates, of course. Average. Average. Seven. Okay. And now after we've had this conversation and you've had some of these insights, where do you think it is? A three. That's progress. <laughs> progress. Great. And so what's your work to get it to a zero? Um, kind of listening to this over and over, uh, getting my notebook out and really carving out that time and just diving in and really reflecting on everything that was said. Yeah. And watching the inner judgments. Yeah. You know, when the inner judgments come in, I forgive myself for judging myself. And then a good I am statement, like I am a child of God or I am what I am lovable, like whatever helps you reinforce the new beliefs that you want to Yeah, and those create. are so powerful because when I do those, like, it does shift. Yep, yep, yep. And then when you feel judged or made fun of or ostracized by another, what can you do? Um, just affirm to myself and just speak those affirmations over me. Yep. Um, and see their pain. And yes, absolutely. Don't take it on. But, see. but when we see someone else's pain, it neutralizes what's coming at us. Hmm. I feel like that's where compassion comes into. Exactly. That is compassion. <laughs> Seeing someone else's pain. Yeah. That is compassion. Not taking it on, but, but seeing it and understanding hmm. 
that's what that's where they're coming from. Mm. And then it neutralizes it and you don't have to take it on. You only take it personally if their pain becomes your pain. Mm. And it does that when, when, when shame happens. Mm. So if you feel ashamed, that means you haven't neutralized the pain. Mm. So shame from now on isn't the truth. It's just your alarm system. <sighs> you have amnesia and you've forgotten the truth of who you are. Mm. I like that. So don't make it wrong. Like when you feel the shame, just be like, oh, thanks, shame. Yeah. Alarm system. Whoa, something's off. Need to, to realign here. That's good. Remind myself of the truth. Mm. Dang. And I acknowledge you for being a light worker. And this, this, is, a, this is a big um, divine assignment, let's put it. <laughs> you know? And you're yeah. really shifting something that's needed to be shifted for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Thank you. Not just for yourself, but for a lot of people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I really acknowledge you for that. I thank you for that. And I honor you for that. Thank you. And I hope that you can hold that with more reverence inside yourself. Not in like pedestalizing yourself or, yeah. you know, whatever, but really like having reverence for, for your path here. Mm. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Good job. Thank cool. you. How do you feel? I feel great. Good. Yeah. That connects with thoughts with you. Absolutely. That was such a beautiful session with Frankie. I loved watching him really shift throughout that whole journey as he started to see more and more and more the truth of who he is. And that really is how we heal shame. First, we bring any of the judgments or any of the things we need to keep secret or any of the things that we think are bad or taboo, we bring them into the light, which basically just means we talk about them. We share about them. Him coming and being willing to be filmed and talk to me about this was a massive step in freeing himself from shame. Here's the thing. You can't free yourself from shame sitting in your house alone journaling. (laughs) You have to actually speak to people about it. Have courage to really share what's true for you, to start to self-express, to actually, yeah, take a risk. And yes, you may be judged, but the only way to free ourselves from shame is not to hide anymore and to actually be who we are, to start expressing and have so much self-love and so much self-compassion that if we are judged, if we are ridiculed, if we do feel like people are ostracizing us, we don't take that personally. That was one of the key things that I talked to about Frankie is that so much of the judgment that was on him because of his sexuality, because of who he chooses to love, because of how he chooses to express in the world is because of other people's pain. So a lot of times when other people are judging us, ridiculing us, shaming us, ostracizing us, it really just is out of their own self-protection. They don't know how to relate. They don't know how to connect. Their own unresolved issues are being triggered. So it just comes out as this lashing out, judgmental, mean, aggressive energy. And my encouragement to Frankie and my encouragement to you is not to personalize that. Because the more you personalize judgment that's coming at you, the more it reinforces the shame. Greet it with compassion. Now, you don't have to like go to them and hug them and be like, oh, I'm so compassionate. I'm not saying that. Just inside of you, greet it with compassion so that their pain stays on them and it doesn't come on to you because how you take on other people's pain is by personalizing it. So you have compassion. You know it's just their issues being triggered and you leave it at them and you go on and live your life and you find the people and you find the tribe 
that love you and accept you. Because you can spend a lot of time trying to fight judgment, trying to convince other people, trying to like not take things personally, or you really spend more time finding the tribe, finding the people that do love you, that do accept you. And the more you accept yourself, radical self-acceptance and self-love, the easier it is to attract those people. The other thing I touched on with Frankie that I wanted to go circle back to is the bullying that he got as a, as a young kid. I understand that's painful. I was bullied as a kid. It's a really, really painful thing. But it can also be a blessing because a lot of times people are calling out things that we need to look at. So Frankie grew up in a home where he wasn't really encouraged to truly be himself. In some ways, yes, but his parents did have some kind of lack of understanding because of their background, the conditioning, the religious belief systems, all that kind of stuff. You heard the episode. Really, him being teased, having these people call him names, he even said, how did they know? So in so many ways, they were triggering him at a young age for him to start to see some things about himself that maybe he would have kept repressed even longer. So in some ways, they really did serve him. In some ways, they really were a blessing. Yes, he needs to deal with the pain of feeling bullied and ostracized and all of that, but he can reframe that and see, wow, they called this out of me maybe sooner so that I could really start to express who I am and love who I am and accept who I am sooner. And the last thing I want to touch on here is giving Frankie a kind of bigger mission to help him break free of the shame as well. You know, we talked a lot about his individual path and his individual journey, but he also, from my point of view, is a light worker in shifting the collective. We have a lot we need to heal and shift when it comes to sexuality and sexual expression and the freedom to love whoever we want to love. And by him owning his own sexual expression, from him loving himself, accepting who he is, and not fighting hate with more self-hate, he is starting to shift this paradigm. And so in those times where he feels ashamed or he feels alone, I just really encourage him and you, if you relate to this, to really kind of elevate your perspective and look at the divine assignment from a higher place of altitude and acceptance, of really looking at it as, wow, like I have a big mission here to shift the collective. Like this is part of my divine assignment. And I'm going to fight this with love, not more hate, not more shame, not more suppression. Because the more and more people who really start to shift these paradigms with love, the more they're going to shift. And from my point of view, that's how we heal a lot of the ignorance, a lot of the hate, a lot of the separation, a lot of the repression. As we get to that place of love and acceptance inside ourselves, we heal our own inner wounds, and that starts to shift the collective. And for those of you who really have a personal relationship with Jesus or God or any religious figure, I implore upon you, really, really check in and ask yourself, how would Jesus see me? How would God see me? So often we project that God or Jesus has all this unconditional love for us in humanity, but we don't give that to ourselves. So see yourself the way God or Jesus would see you. Love yourself, accept yourself the way God or Jesus would see you. Let your religious beliefs be something that free you, rather something that continue to imprison you. So I'm excited for Frankie. I could really feel his shift in the episode. And people light up when shame is lifted. And so if you have any shame that you're carrying around, I just so highly encourage you to start to lift that because it's heavy 
and it's a mask and it hides who you truly are. And you saw, once you really, really saw who he truly is, he felt more grounded. He felt more present. From my point of view, too, he felt really unstoppable. Like it really feels like he can do anything. And you can, too, once you lift that veil of shame. You deserve freedom. You deserve to express how you want to express. You deserve to love who you want to love. So take the layer of shame off because it is not serving you. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.